superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You don't have that like bookmarked at the top, uh, of, your, I mean, the top I- of your chrome? <laughs> Live, live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Man of his word. I will take less. I will help the team. I want to keep playing. Voila. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll. Host of the Knuckleheads podcast, former NBA forward Darius Miles. Still to come. Co-founder of the Premier Lacrosse League, Paul Rabel. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. We'll take your phone calls in a matter of a moment right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, Here on NBC Sports on Peacock after the Dan Patrick Show taking you two brother from another and into a weekend in which Phil Mickelson uh, will enter either atop the leaderboard or right nearby it. He's currently at the top of the leaderboard of the PGA Championship at the age of 50 in the clubhouse Keeping an eye on all of that, Monday could be filled with NBA playoff talk and maybe an an, an historic PGA Championship win for Phil Mickelson uh, at the age of fifty. But Brooks Kepka and his um, and his Ed uh, uh, Hockley type gear is it, wearing. He's wearing the medium and tight. It's, it's tight. It's like tight. not even the seventeen <laughs> mile an hour wind is uh, is creating. Uh, that's how that's how strong the wind is. That you see the flaps on his golf shirt actually moving. I was listening to a a golf podcast yesterday, and they said he looked like um, he looked like uh, who's the the Padres uh, old third baseman who won the MVP who passed away. Uh, No, I'm blanking. Okay, I I screwed this up. Sorry, that's all right. You know, you're not you're you're not working again. Yeah, Ken Caminiti. They said Kepka looked like Ken Caminiti because he's got the goatee and he's yeah. But that's wrong though because Ken Caminiti we know was hopped up on something. I know, I know, quite a bit. But Brooks got that look right now. Okay. Bryson DeChambeau, where is he? Is he anywhere? Is he anywhere close? Or he's what? he's even. Even. He and tees off. In, he tees off in ten minutes. Okay, here we go, Bryson. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Pete Carroll on in hour number one. Darius Miles in hour number two. Pete, just to to sum up what he had to say, the the Russell Wilson uh, stuff uh, is old news. I had to basically say the reason why I brought it up is we hadn't talked in a while, and he's like, "My bad, I got you." He wanted no part of it. They have turned the page. They're competing. His door's always open. Move on. Nothing to see here. <laughs> did not want to talk That's about it. it. No, he did. He, he talked about it. He talked quite a bit about it. So, you know, good stuff out of Pete Carroll. Greatly appreciate him being here. Darius Miles told a, a fantastic story of when he was uh, a sophomore in high school uh, at Michael Jordan's camp as an invited high schooler. Go to our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for everything that you missed. Also, our Twitter handle, at Rich Eisen Show. Let's take some phone calls right here. Is that possible, Mr. Feller? Let's uh, let's go to uh, Terzo and Iowa, our friend <laughs> back again? here. from the. Are you calling him from the <laughs> dive back. bar again, Terzo? Yo, yo. Hey, no, actually, guys, I'm in a 1987 Winnebago driving across nowhere of Nebraska that I picked up this morning at 7 a.m. Okay. With my buddy right now. And we, we literally have been driving since 7 a.m., and we've probably made it 225 miles. And if you literally saw us drive by you, you would think Walter White and Jesse were in this, <laughs> in this Winnebago. Where Let are you Terzo, going? Let Terzo cook is the new hashtag. We're going, okay. we're, right. going, uh, we're, going, we're going back to Des Moines. Okay. Good for you. Fantastic. Uh, an hour because we can't go faster than 55. Well, <laughs> you know, this is... This is Terzo, tweet us some pictures, man, from the yeah, road. We can't get enough of, uh, of, of the way you're, you're just living your, your best life. What's on your mind as hey. you're driving in this Winnebago across this great heartland of this great nation? Well, well actually, actually, I was just talking about uh, how they're doctoring up the baseballs and how frustrated that makes me as well. And it oh, we knew more as if I have money on it. Mm. 
Um, so, uh, all right. How, how much longer do you got till you get to, to Iowa, Terzo? How much longer? Uh, we're, we're 48 miles away from oh, Omaha, great. so then that'll still probably be another five hours till we pull oh. up to Carl's. Okay. Well, you hang in there. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You <laughs> Appreciate be well. You guys. Hands on all 10 right, and Terzo. 2. Hands on 10 and 2. Be good, brother. And he's, Always. Yeah, you got the rest of the show to listen to. This is great. On the road again. Very good. <laughs> Appreciate it. A 1987 win in Vegas. And Terzo calling the other day, for in case anybody <laughs> missed that call, he called in from uh, his favorite dive bar, Carl's, he said, in Des Moines, yeah. Iowa. Carl's Place, Carl's I think. Place. Carl's Place. We think that's And he what said it is. that that's where he took the day off and watched TJ Jefferson on his. Uh, failed gambit on the Price is Right, and he failed. he gave you he gave you all sorts of grief, and it's just the gift that keeps on giving that we don't know how much longer it's going to last. Uh, I just noticed this, and you noticed this last week. Sean Mitchell snuck this one past the goalie. Yeah, He's in he charge did. of our YouTube stream. Did you see our YouTube header? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, there you are on our YouTube header. There's uh, me and Brockman and Del Tufo, and then you find us. <laughs> look that you get the look you gave directly into the CBS cameras when you over. went over uh, on your showcase showdown with the word over in front of you is truly an all time great. Thank you. And there you are behind us. Just in case anybody's wondering, that is Photoshop. The three of us were not smiling we were not, in yeah. front of <laughs> TJ on the set of. Uh, we were not at CBS. Is that CBS the scale though? That's studios. the question. I don't know. Doesn't look like it. <laughs> I just happened to notice that last week. I just I noticed like, it yesterday. How long has that been up there? It's been up there like, like at least weeks. three weeks. Yeah, nice. It's been up there for a while. I love that. It's called a way homer. You'll get that on the way home at some point. Yeah. Like, By the way, I like just want to, I want to point something like out, though, about my, my Price is Right appearance. I was looking at Soap Opera Digest, checking the daily uh, Nielsen ratings. And Price is Right, the second hour of Price is Right for that week Number one. Oh, so I'm just saying that maybe I had a little bit to do that, and you could call me the king of the demo. Yeah, but you should have won. That's fine. But I mean, the, the demo, I, we had people tuning in the prices, right? And by the way, I don't know if what I said is true. It sounds great. But yeah, I'm the demo king. All I know is just again, Go if only LeBron, TJ equals if ratings. only LeBron's playing tournament game had taken place before you recorded your prices, right? So you would have understood you take the middle. Key. Yeah, thanks a lot, LeBron. Take the you see three. You I had my take hand the on middle, it, Rich. You saw five, and you all right. I had my hand on it. At any rate, middle key. Uh, one of the top stories, certainly on speaking of our YouTube stream, we see what you what you you folks uh, who take in our YouTube stream consume. Uh, one of our top videos from yesterday's show was us talking about Julio Jones being on the trading block potentially, and where could he go. And has he played his last game for the Atlanta Falcons? And it sure looks like just the number crunch that is going on. They, the, the Falcons can't pay Kyle Pitts yet. They can't get him under contract yet. And this is something that is slotted. They have to get under the cap. June 1st is coming. Will they trade away Julio Jones? It's Julio, if they want to trade one player away to get under the cap, According to Jeff Schultz of The Athletic, who's crunched the numbers, and it was in a fascinating piece, I suggest everybody should go look at it and read it. It's Julio Jones. Either you cut a bunch of starters, or you cut one big guy, or you can maybe redo Grady Jarrett's contract, potentially, do long-term, but they <laughs> the last time you, you want to go into a negotiation with maybe Agent Todd Francis to say, boy, do we need you to do this. <laughs> that is not the leverage point you want to go with a, an agent who goes, okay, did you see what I did for Dak? So maybe it's Julio Jones. DeAndre Hopkins tweeted out moments ago, <laughs> somebody at the gym asked me would I restructure my contract for Julio. And the GIF is <laughs> a big smiling thumbs up look at the camera. <laughs> From, uh, what is this, from, uh, I think that's from How Neil I Met Patrick Your Mother. Harris, so Neil probably, Patrick yeah. Harris from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> looks like to me, and the gif that when it moves is he just sitting behind the wheel of the car and he just looks at the camera, smiles, and does a double <laughs> thumbs up. Someone at the gym asked me would I restructure my contract to get Julio. You know, this is an amazing world, certainly in social media. If you said, you know what, DeAndre Hopkins is going to stir it up on the Julio Jones front using a Neil Patrick Harris gif today. 
That would be like, again, a Mad Lib that I would not fill in those proper nouns. <laughs> what would that look like? I mean, holy crap. A.J. Green, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. Larry Fitzgerald would have to come back to make it the, the all-time greatest four wide receiver set in the history of four wide receiver sets, right? Christian Kirk would make it five. Right? Hold on, Rich. I'm quick looking up Kyler Murray MVP odds. Nah, I mean, <laughs> honestly. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to figure out how to how to win in this deep end of the NFC West pool. We'll go and add J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, and Julio Jones. How does that sound, everybody? Sound good, everybody? That doesn't sound They're fair. They're two-thirds of the way there. Would I restructure my contract to get Julio Jones? Double thumbs up. Uh, yep. Right? Um, meanwhile, uh, by the way, I love this whole NFL omnibus thing that we got going on here. Um, word alert. <laughs> we didn't hit, we didn't hit Jalen Hurts yesterday. We did not. Um, so let's, let's do this here. God bless Jalen Hurts. We had him on before the draft mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, a couple of springs ago. What are you going to, I asked him the simple question. What, what are, what, what's the team going to get with you? When they draft Jalen Hurts, you're going to get a dog, is what he said. D A W G is how you pronounce it. You're going to get a dog. You're going to get somebody who is going to be a leader, who's going to take over the locker room. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he did say, I'm going to get a dog. We saw what he did in Oklahoma. Okay. And everybody was saying in Oklahoma, he was the first one in, last one out, and was showing everyone basically this is how we do it. I know how you do it here with Lincoln Riley and everything. And I know that it's created two uh, first overall drafted quarterbacks and Heisman Trophy winners in a row. But this is the way Jalen Hurts does it, and I'm a leader, and this is the way we're going to do it. And the Eagles went in and got him in the second round. And that apparently, as you know, according to reports, that Frank Reich, the Indianapolis Colts head coach, as you might imagine him saying when he gets Carson Wentz in his employees, and they, uh, Hurts' drafting did not mess with his head. Sure sounds like it did. And I just don't understand, when is this guy going to get a shot? He had to go to Oklahoma to get a shot after he had a shot in Alabama, and then Tua gets the shot, and he's such a, uh, a, a, you can't call it a professional because he's not getting paid. But, you know, how he handled his business has been nothing short of terrific, and he's had opportunities, but it's just waiting for somebody to say, this is yours. This is yours. You're the guy. And Nick Sirianni, who, you know, has never done this before, is the HC in the NFL, Comes in and he's like, we got a competition here because the guys just got here. And the guys are Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. And you're like, what the hell? So Hurts was asked, you know, about the situation and how his coach is not naming him a starter. And this was his answer. Everything that coaches coaches brought here, you know, I I remember back in my days at Alabama, you know, Coach Saban hearing him talk about, Discipline, commitment, effort, toughness, and pride, having these core values that he's trying to instill in the team. And um, in the end, it all worked out um, for the team. You know, you see Coach Coach Nick Sirianni coming in, preaching connection, preaching um, accountability and competition and um, fundamentals and football IQ, preaching all these things. And um, I know in all of those different avenues, all those different values and principles that we're, you know, trying to instill here in Philly, um, no one is above that, um, and, and everybody, every, everybody got to go to work, you know. So for me, I know rent, rent is due every day. It's always been that way for me. Always been a get better mentality every day, grow every day, uh, be a better leader every day, be a better quarterback every day. And when that rent's due, I, I don't plan on missing no payments. So it's, it's work. God, do I love this kid. Come on, Philadelphia. It's staring you right in front of your face. Now I know there could be a little bit of buyer beware in Philadelphia where Carson looked like this, and then he looked like that, and now he's somewhere else. But the head coach said, if I turn to this kid, I'm telling the rest of the team that the season's over. And then he was basically by... Wentz's plate forced to turn to the kid, and then the season was on. Here I am. I'm so crazy. I can't even put my glasses on properly. <laughs> but look at this. I'll explain it to you. I know I just did a Del Tufo pointing to something you can't see, saying, "Look at this." <laughs> he comes in in Green Bay in the middle of Green Bay, and he tried to make chicken salad out of a game that they eventually lost. 
But then his first start next week, home for against New Orleans. And you know New Orleans was no joke. And I know they didn't have Drew Brees and they were starting their backup, but kid throws for 167 yards and a score against New Orleans and then ran for 106 yards against the team that was putting the bang thing on every running back. They, they kind of didn't see what was coming. Wins that game. They lose the next game at Arizona. If you remember, that game was lit. Him, Hurts, and his predecessor at Oklahoma, Kyler Murray, just doing all sorts of battle. Hurts threw for 338 yards and three scores and ran for 63 and ran for a touchdown. That's four scores in a game. Lost to Dallas, but he had 342 yards in that game, two interceptions, a touchdown, ran for 69 yards, and we all know what happened in week 17 where he was removed from the game and the entire tenor changed. What are we doing here, right? So he's going to get the opportunity this year, unless Deshaun Watson comes free this summer, and look out. I'm telling you, look out for that. They have three first-rounders. They have the exact amount of capital to go trade up for for a successor to Jalen Hurts or just say, Jalen, that's it. Sending you to Houston and go down there and try it again, and he'll be in another spot again. And they just drafted Davis Mills or... Or he'll stay there. Hey, because we need you. First four weeks of the season, you know. Six, eight weeks. Six, eight weeks of the season. Be, I mean, and then Jalen Hurts will be just a seat warmer. Oof, which would be, be such par for his terrible. course. Yeah. But that's total speculation. I mean, that's wild speculation. Then on top of it, everybody thinks the Dallas Cowboys are winning this division anyway. TJ Jefferson put you on the spot. Okay. We did this for the Buccaneers the other day. Are you ready? I want the real deal. I want the real deal assessment of the Dallas Cowboys schedule. Uh, Mr. Feller, can I get NFL Films music, if you don't mind, please? Because this is what we're going to do. We did this for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the other day. Put the Dallas Cowboys schedule up, please. Here we go. I like the music. Starting at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you really feel like this is going to be a W? Do you I really mean, feel like this is going to be a W? I tried to pass this off as a dub the earlier. You wouldn't give it to me. So you're going to take it? Yeah, I'm taking that. Okay. You're going to add to W. Can I have the music, please, Mr. Feller? Do you mind that? Here we go. The Dallas Cowboys. You have that as a W to start? What that do you got for the Los Angeles Chargers? Oh, that's a win. Come on. That's a 2-0. 2-0. You're going to start on the road. You're going to win in the house where Tom Brady is going to win the entire – he's going to raise his banner, and then you're going to – Okay, right, fine. Here's the deal. You know what, Rich? I, I – I Come on, let's be, be honest guy. here. I, Don't pull a Stephen A. Smith I, okay, here. Okay, I'll be honest. Let's go one and one after week two. Okay. I'll, I'll be honest with you. All right, so, all right. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles on a Monday night. W. Okay. Uh, Carolina Panthers, what do you got? Yeah. W. So that's three and one. Three and New one. York Giants, what do you got? Come on, that's a dub. That's four and one. At the New England Patriots. That's a dub. That's five and one. I mean, what are we doing? Okay, <laughs> this is why Stephen A. Smith hates you. At the Minnesota Vikings on a mon- on a on a Sunday night, coming uh, off of a bye. Oh, after a bye week, uh, that's a W. Okay, you are now one, two, three, four, five, six, and one. Home for the Denver Broncos. All right, so things get a little weird with us at home, right? We don't have the best record. Come on, and I'm looking at the Giant game, and I'm look. Let's give us an L in Week Nine. That, you're, you're gonna. I'm gonna Wait, take. Hold on a come on, TJ. Give me a break, man. You're gonna now. Now you're gonna I'm, turn around and say, I'm, "All right, so fine. I'm we'll just do it." Give it you lose to the Denver Broncos because Drew Locke's gonna come in and really I'm just do gonna a, say a number. We'll, we'll take an six L and, and two. Road, home for the Falcons. Home for Falcons. Uh, that's a W. Seven and two at the Kansas City Chiefs. <sighs> Can we just skip that one so I don't have to say no. it? No. <laughs> say it. We might take an L. Seven that and bit. three. Thanksgiving Day against the Raiders. That's a dub. Eight and three at the New Orleans Saints on a Thursday night, but it's a it's a it's a, a full week of rest for both teams. I'll take the L. Oh, you're gonna take one. the L on that one. Oh, wow. and the humble. So now TJ. you've lost three out of five, and everybody's wondering what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys at Washington Football Team. Never lose to them, <sighs> except last year. One, two, th- <laughs> twice. W. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and four. At the Giants. All right, so I, I gave us the W. We're probably going to split against them, unfortunately. Nine so and five. I'll, I'll take the L Washington there. football team on NBC. I'll home. never admit losing to them. It's Ten and five. Dub. Arizona Cardinals at home. Well, depending on this Julio Jones news. Come on uh, now. Don't. I, that's no news there. Versus Arizona at home. Yeah. Let's take the L on that one, dude. At the Philadelphia Eagles to finish up the season. Big dub. 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 6. I'll take the under. I'm taking 10 and 7. How does that sound? It's, it sounds disrespectful is how it sounds. Well, you're the one giving yourself a loss to the Denver Broncos. Look, I mean, I can't win here. If I would have uh, – the games I thought I was going to win, you guys, I'm losing. So I gentlemen. give us a loss and you argue Cowboys that way. Jefferson Cowboys fan. So what am I – cannot look himself in the mirror and be honest, which is why Stephen A. Smith has no I was, you're right. patience for I wasn't like honest you. because I don't think we'll be 11-5. I think we'll be win at least 12. But, again, the that's, games I'm trying to give that's dubs – 12 and 12-5 this year. Let's take a break. So we're at least you guys are haters, on man. Time. There we go. No, now we'll take a break. By the way, I'm going Great full job. Hollywood Hogan Hill during this NFL season with the Cowboys. I tried, I tried to be nice last year about it. We're going to Hill Tone, folks. Gentlemen. It's coming. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk to somebody you're going to see a lot of on NBC Sports on Peacock because his, it is his, uh, premier lacrosse league is coming to Peacock. All regular season and playoff matches are going to stream right here on Peacock. Paul Rabel, you might enjoy his podcast. He's going to be coming up next right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. We're back with that. Your phone calls. And Don Mattingly's chimed in on the no-hitter galores in Major League Baseball. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Your process in, in coming up with these videos um, right upon the Cowboys' uh, misery just piling on. There's no real process. I mean, it, it, <laughs> hits, me, it hits me naturally. Um, it's, it's very impromptu, extemporaneous, right off the cuff. Yes. I sincerely mean from the bottom of my heart, I don't care whether you're young or old, black, white, Hispanic, doesn't matter to me. I think that Dallas Cowboys fans are the worst, most disgusting, most nauseating fan base in American <laughs> history. Nobody disgusts me more than a Cowboys fan because they never, ever, ever take a moment to smell their own stench. This is a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl since 1995, and they walk around like they're the reigning defending Super Bowl champions every single year. I've got a Dallas Cowboy fan here, Rich Eisen Show, social media uh, extraordinaire uh, Grand Maester TJ Jefferson, um, who... My condolences to him. He is reasonable. I do want to say that. I mean, you're right, but you did say five years ago, though, you were thoroughly just like every other Cowboy fan that Stephen A. has received. I, I probably described. resembled the remarks that he made. Okay. You know, but I mean, nobody feels that way anymore, man. <laughs> and I, really? I'm on Cowboys Twitter a lot. I don't I see a bunch of angry and annoyed Cowboy fans. I don't see Cowboys fans like walking around like thinking oh. we're the Chiefs or something like. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know you. And I don't mean to cast any aspersions on you as a human being. I'm sure you're very nice. A highly intelligent dude, but for this particular subject, you are a damn liar. <laughs> no way. There is no way that you can say with a straight face that you don't run into cowboy fans. Think like this: cowboy fans are the most arrogant, disgusting, oh, nauseating is... fan base you could possibly find. You never take a second to smell your own stuff. And I'm just looking at here. You know, one of the great, great moments that I had. Yes. All right. Remember 2010 when you ended up going six and ten. But then those weren't my favorite years with the Cowboys. Because I actually liked the Cowboys when the playmaker and Emmitt Smith, Troy Aikman were there and stuff. And Primetime came over to San Francisco and all of this other stuff. But here was my favorite moment. 2011, 2012, 2013. Not only did the Dallas Cowboys finish 8-8 eight and eight each season, 
They had the last game of the regular season with the division crown on the line and lost all three years to each of the teams in the division. It doesn't get much sweeter than that. And even then, y'all still walk around. We'll be back next year. You'll see. You'll see. I mean, you just described T.J. Jefferson to a T. Let's be very honest with you, and you just saw it right here on the Rich Eisen Show. We're back here on the program on the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock. Oh, we'll get to that in a second, T.J. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's please. like it's just like firing a dart in your direction and totally spearing you and painting you with a whole broad brush of you and the rest of the Cal- Dallas Cowboy fan. And you like to paint yourself as a reasonable Dallas Cowboy fan, but you I just, try. But no, no, people no. like you bring it out of me, man. It's all good. We'll, we'll revisit that in a second. And I don't want to have an in-house family squabble that's so rare for us right now in front of somebody who. <laughs> Is going to be uh, putting a, a you know a, a precious baby of his very own right here on Peacock. We want to make sure he understands that there's a lot of decorum that we're yeah, professional. A lot of love. Okay, very good. Um, and he is the uh, co-founder, and he's also a player in the Premier Lacrosse League that finished their 2020 season in a bubble, zero positive tests over the course of their three-week tournament last year, and now the upcoming season for the PLL is set to begin on June 4th at Gillette. And all regular season and playoff matchups will stream on Peacock, with some matches also being available on NBCSN on on the big and BC. Paul Rabel is here on the Rich Eisen Show. Nice to meet you, Paul. How are you, sir? Great, Rich. I don't think I need to spend much time beyond that, honestly. That was great. Uh, that was a great lead-in. Nope, you bet. So thanks for coming on, Paul. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it was great to meet you. <laughs> I'll be on your podcast if you want. We'll chat then. No, um, this has got to be very... You've got to be fired up, man. I mean, this is a big deal for your league that you have co-founded and you're playing in. This, you've got to be, yeah. you've got to be psyched. Yeah, we're pumped. This is our third season. Um, and unbeknownst to probably a lot of your listeners or, or even a lot of avid or passive sports fans in the U.S., is professional lacrosse that existed for 20 years prior to us co-founding the PLL back in 2018. And it was called Major League Lacrosse. So another thing that we did this offseason – is, uh, is merged with the MLL, except different than in ABA, NBA, or NFL, AFL. We took on the future rights of naming and business operations versus in those situations, typically the incumbent move forward in subsequent seasons. But we had a bit of a clash in 2018. We felt like pro lacrosse could take a path similar to MLS or UFC uh, over the last 15 years because of new media like Peacock and technology and we feel like because of participation in the U.S. and beyond that we're on that path. So a different model, but we're definitely excited about where professional lacrosse can go. And again, it, it, it's, you know, each team does have a home city, but you're all playing on the same weekend in in a stadium traveling around the country. And Gillette being your first spot, and then um, – the home of Kennesaw State University, uh, Fifth Third Bank Stadium in Atlanta is your second spot. And then Baltimore, Maryland, right there on your alma mater, Johns Hopkins. You're going to be playing in Long, Long Island and Minnesota, uh, at Minneapolis. I mean, these are yep. some considerable fields that you're, you're playing on starting June 4th and culminating in the middle of September. You got to Yeah, be- I mean, we didn't, Rich, we we're pretty objective in the way that we looked at professional lacrosse. It's a smaller sport. There's 2 million participants and 10 million fans. Um, and, and we weren't going to try to do what maybe other leagues had done over the last 20 years and try to replicate major league baseball, or the NBA out of the gates. I and mean, it's so much lineage and heritage and ownership of venues that go into building a professional sports league. Right. So we looked at F1 as a model or tour based models. And then we looked at what works in lacrosse annually and it's the college final four where you have four teams the same thing happens in basketball they descend in a major market venue and they play over the course of the weekend so there's this supply demand curve that they hit so where we're at is still our early stages of building interest and year-over-year increase in viewership and sponsorship through this tour-based model and then we think over the next three to five years if we continue to see this growth that we can flip to a city based and sell franchises and go that path. So it's definitely a a different twist to what people are used to consuming for team sports. But in the end, you still get the best players on the field every weekend. Right here on Peacock, the PLL coming to you right here on this uh, outstanding streamer starting on June 4th, Paul Rabel, the uh, co-founder along with a player 
of the Premier Lacrosse League here on the Rich Eisen Show. You're also uh, a podcaster, and yeah. season three of your podcast, Suiting Up with Paul Rabel Podcast. Uh, one of your first guests is is a rarity in this business uh, of saying yes to any interview. Um, I know that firsthand, even though he did appear as our first NFL guest uh, in the history of my show on Peacock last year. is Bill Belichick. How did that happen for you, Paul? How'd that come across? Yeah, well, you know, similar, I guess, to co-founding a league is it's rare that maybe athletes cross over into business or media. And I don't take it lightly because you're a seasoned professional at what you do. And there's so much nuance to interviewing. There's so much nuance to building a company. But I think at the core of what we all do is this curiosity. So, and relationships. And so with Bill, he grew up playing lacrosse. I met him at my alma mater, um, given that he's from Maryland, and we built a relationship. And when I got probably about 10 years into my career, I, I launched a podcast because I was tipped off by some friends around the early stages of it, but they were like, hey, you keep these interesting relationships amongst other athletes and other sports and other coaches and other sports where there isn't that traditional maybe fear or a barrier that's put up um, that you get from the press. And I think it's also at the moment where conversation is moving into more honesty and authenticity and you get less of this you know, programmable answer that you would in a, in a typical press conference. You get that in the long-form interview because you can work them in. But with Bill, it was kind of like, hey, I remember showing up at his office because we had scheduled this podcast, and we have a lot of trust between us. And um, I pop open two mics, and I think he – was expecting maybe me to record it on a phone. Yes. And he looked at me and he goes, so is this going to get out to a lot of people? Uh, and I said, coach, I think it has a chance to get out to a few million people. And he was like, so we probably should hold back on the swearing. And I was like, yeah, we can do whatever you want. We pressed record and like 30 minutes in, he's talking about how Lawrence Taylor was the greatest football, football player he's ever coached. And, you know, he, he kind of skipped around maybe some of the disciplinary stuff that he was responsible for during his time coaching LT, but he shared some really insightful things about what it takes to be a great football player um, in his league. So if I want Belichick to work blue, I tell him this is only going to be heard by about 15 people. Is that what I should, is that how you, I should go about get, my business? You get into his office yeah. and you put up some, you know, a little bit sh like a shady podcast kit. Yep. And, uh, and and maybe uh, less of the, the, the glitz and glamour or all the professionalism, and, and, and you might get a little bit more out of them. All right. Good to know. Good to know. The yes or no questions are something that he shuts down. I know that. And, right. You know, and, and, uh, and so fantastic. And interestingly enough, your first um, weekend in the PLL um, is at Gillette. And uh, Chris Hogan, who a lot of folks know from the NFL, is he? A, he's a teammate of yours. He's now he's left the NFL and he's in the PLL and he's taken up lacrosse now. Is that really what he's yeah, doing? Yeah, I mean, Chris is a is a unique athlete. He's he's a lacrosse player first. I, I know because we we've been shooting this docu on him, and he played four years at Penn State. He was an honorable mention All American, uh, but loved football. Went out for it because for what I had talked about earlier, Rich pro lacrosse was was really non-existent, even though the property had existed. I mean, our average wage in MLL for over a decade was 8000 bucks for the season. No health care, no distribution. And so he kind of looked at that opportunity and said, oh, I'm going to try to play in the NFL. Um, and then he popped off during that one season of hard knocks when he was trying out for the Dolphins, and they called him 7-Eleven. And again, going back to Bill, Bill has a an affinity for lacrosse having played it. He's brought on a few lacrosse players. Will Yateman was another one. Um, and he looks at that creativity. He, we talked about uh, me coming over and trying out for the Patriots at one point. I'm glad I didn't. But um, he's known for kind of sifting through that talent and obviously had a great run with Chris winning some Super Bowls. And now Chris has seen the growth of the PLL and I think looked at where his career trajectory was going in the NFL and said, hey, before I just shut down, let me try to get back and, and have an imprint in lacrosse. He went undrafted in our entry draft um, and then got picked up by the Cannon team I play on, and, and I'll see him at training camp next week, and uh, hopefully he makes a roster. Wow. 
So he's trying. So he, is he like the Tebow of this uh, operation right now? Is that what you're saying? I mean, he sure looks like Tebow. The guy's a freaking tank. <laughs> no, um, I'm just saying he's been so, out. Of, he's been out of the sport for a long time, and you, you have yeah. a relationship with him, and you're just going to give him a shot. You know, what I mean, that's basically the way. That's you're yeah. like the urban I mean, Meyer of this right now. The thing that you called out is, you know, I'm a co-founder and player. Yeah. It's not going to last much longer. I'm 35, and so I still think I got it on the field. But there you go. everyone thinks I flip burgers and, and uh, publish <laughs> our tweets across the league and make decisions for coaches. But it uh, there's some things that feel coincidental, and yeah. there's others that the Cannons uh, formerly were in Boston as they were a franchise we brought over from the MLL through that merger. And uh, the coach as well of the team, um, it has you know affinity for for you know, kind of New England sports and all, and, and had conversations with Chris and decided to make a a bet on him. But we'll we'll see what he does. I mean, I, I know he's training his ass off, and uh, and he's a player that can play both ways. So he'll probably come out and and play defensive midfield, which is basically like cornerback. And then get the ball in his stick, go down to offense, and, and be a threat on the offensive end. So he's really the Troy Brown of the Cannons, maybe. I mean, that's, like if we're that's just gonna... probably it. Okay. Yeah, maybe a Deion Sanders. Okay. If, if he can, if he can <laughs> around and play two sports. All right, I like it. Um, I guess before I let you go, uh, I got to pull on this strand. Belichick thought maybe you you could try out like what receiver? Is that what you're going to do? What would you? I wanted to play receiver. I'll send you a clip when we get offline. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to play receiver. He wanted he wanted me to be a strong safety. I wasn't fast enough from a verdict from a, a, a just a straight forty yard dash as, as right. you're quite familiar with it. But I tried to pitch on him. You know, Rich Eisen yeah. uh, over the last nice. fifteen years has improved his forty time. You know, <laughs> like I can improve my forty time. And uh, and we were going back and forth. I, I think what he was saying is, look, your size and and work ethic and commitment to sport um, bodes better in that position. Um, and we went back and forth. This was back when I was 23, and I was captain of Team USA at the time. And um, we kind of came to an agreement that it was the best decision to stay in lacrosse. Yes. well it makes sense hey paul um congrats on on the peacock deal um and uh in advance of heading off to gillette and your training camp to get ready for the pll season that again will be on regular season and playoff matchups streaming right here on peacock some matches available on nbcsn and then the the final uh the championship week 11 in washington dc will be on nbc congratulations on all that and let's stay in touch Appreciate it, Rich. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's Paul Rabel. Check out his podcast, Suiting Up with Paul Rabel, uh, where all podcasts can be acquired at Paul Rabel, R-A-B-I-L, on Twitter and Instagram. Good chat right there. Belichick loves – he just – he he's – He loves what, cross, he, what, what sport does he not like? Yeah, right. You know? Strong safety. Like a Weddle type? Like here comes a lacrosse player downhill to hit you? Kind of had a little Weddle look going. That's what he does. He got the beard and everything. does, yeah. All right. That would have been something. All right, we'll take a break. We'll give TJ Jefferson one last Dallas Cowboy mulligan if he wants it. (laughs) Here we go. Your phone calls on the schedule if you want. And then Don Mattingly, my idol, has chimed in on the whole no-hitter rash in baseball. That's coming up. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. True or false, you along with your multiple other castmates, you were actually using your computers on the set of The Office to do various things from surfing on MySpace to paying your actual bills in real life. Is that true or false? That is true. (laughs) We, to try to find fans, created MySpace pages for our fictional characters. So it wasn't Brian Baumgartner. Kevin Malone had a MySpace page that he blogged as though he were Kevin Malone working in a paper company called Dunder Mifflin. (laughs) 
Do Dan Etz want to fight us? Yeah, what they yeah, said Dan, on what's going show? on? Do you guys want to are throw you down or something? That on, on the after show that the Danettes are putting together, they threw, they said they want to fight us? Is that true? We were talking about Floyd Mayweather fighting Jake Logan Paul? Paul. And then we thought, okay, who would we fight on a celebrity match? And Seton said that he was going to fight Del Tufone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, my gosh. Like, I would, if I had to fight you on the you know, undercard, then I would do it. But I, I, wasn't, I wasn't calling for that. Your name came up only by proxy. Because ah. Seton wanted to kick Del Tufo's ass. <laughs> I did see you trending on yes. Twitter yesterday. I found out why you were trending. I am yeah. not having you on to talk about Ryan Kerrigan. Listen, when I woke up yesterday and I was trending, I thought maybe I died. And I was like, my ghost holding my phone and people were saying either nice things about me. So then how does it land on Chris Long that Chris Long is trending because Ryan Kerrigan uh, left Washington football team to go to Philadelphia? <laughs> because the entirety of my mentions are like, same guy. <laughs> That's what you texted me. I read that out before. It's like, what's up, man? White edge rusher bat signal? Question mark. Is that, That's is what, that what you needed? <laughs> It's you and Calvin and Julio and Kyle Pitts. Um, I think you should just refer to yourselves as the Pitts-tastic four. <laughs> You're the king of coming out with perfect nicknames. Well, man. I appreciate you saying that. You've been that. doing it for years. I even had my crew mock up uh, a comic book cover. Matt, you are the thing because your stone-like skin makes you resistant to blitzes and perfectly reasonable nickname suggestions. That's the pitat. Do you really though? Do you, please tell me this is important. I'll be honest with you. You sound like you've given us quite a bit of thought. <laughs> a lot more than the natural. I've got nothing better to do, Matt. Did you ever grab a script and, and see if that was the end of of Hank Schrader at any I, point in time? I, I never, I never was concerned, and I knew two years prior, Vince told me two years ahead of time what his demise would be. He said, I'm going to tell you what, Dean, you're going to die. It's either going to be the second and last or the, or, the, or the last episode, but you're going to die with your dignity. Wow. It was great to allow that to, to, to um, unfold with these guys. He was going out on his, not on his terms necessarily, but uh, like, like Ben said, with his dignity. Love it. Such a fun week. We're so blessed to be able to have this opportunity to bring the show to you every day here on Peacock, back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network as well. Uh, Interesting chat right there with Paul Rabel again right here on Peacock. Uh, Check it all out starting on June 4th. The uh, PLL, a professional, the premier, pardon me, lacrosse league is coming right here to to Peacock. So uh, great chat with Darius Miles and Pete Carroll as well um, today. The Pete interview is clanking around a little bit on Twitter. Hey, look, um, Seattle folks, we, we hadn't had an opportunity to talk to the guy yet, so we're just asking questions. And they might have been asked and answered by you, but I haven't had them answered myself. That's what we have here on the Rich Eisen Show. When we get them here, we, uh, we ask questions, and sometimes we hit the way back machine because we haven't had them. So I said to Pete, I'm like, hey, I haven't spoken in a while. Did he say my bad? Is that what he said? Yeah, but he's like, whoa, I'm good. sorry, I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. Everything's good. It's all good. Everybody's happy. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. Uh, Pete in Richmond, Virginia. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Pete? How you been? Hello, gentlemen. It's been a while. Hope everybody's well. We're well. Yeah, How Pete. are you? Pete, what's up, brother? I love it. Oh, you know what? I was doing real good, and I was going to tell you all about who was going to end up being the greatest placeholder in the history of football, Tim Tebow. Okay. But, TJ, you've lost your mind. Jefferson, how in the world do you think you're going to beat my Buccaneers week one? That's a true story. Celebrating the Super Bowl victory. Wait, if, you, if you pay Pretty attention, Pete, I, I went back and I changed that about no, 10. No, you said to change one no, of the two. You went back and said yeah, one I said, and one. You went back and said we'll go one and one against us and the Chargers. You're going to go 0 oh and 2, buddy. We're not going 0 oh and 2. I have I have an L written here in the first spot, which okay. you can't see, and I have a W written in the second spot. Okay, so L to Tampa. So L to Tampa, and then I out here. And against Los Angeles Chargers, a dub. Well, I mean, okay, and a then dub. And no, a, a, a dub. I, I love, I love your fandom. Well, it's <laughs> he's got that fandom, ripping off six straight wins against the Chargers, Eagles, Panthers, Giants, Patriots, and Vikings. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? You had your record. Re- you got to reverse the record. You're going to be like six and eleven. Come on, no, no, no that, that that I think, Prescott has never had a losing season. Hold on People a second. tend to forget about All that. Right, Pete, you want to uh, thank you for the call, Pete. Listen to this. I, one I, I'm news. not thinking. No, no, here, no. I will thank him for the call. <laughs> can can I, I don't, can can we get some NFL films music here? And can you please, uh, Hoskins, put the Cowboys um, up there one more time, will you please? The Cowboy record. 
because I want to take my crack at this. Okay? I say they lose. I say they lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. And I'll say I'll give them a win out here. I'll give them a win out here. I'll give them a win at home against the Eagles. And I'm going to have them um, beating the Panthers. Okay. And I'll have them beating the Giants. I've got you. I- I'm with you right there. So we're lockstep right I now. think you lose the Patriots. I think you're 4-2. and two. Okay. I think the Patriots are going to be better than you think. I think so. And I think they're going to be out there, um, you know, uh, late window, CBS. And I think the whole country is going to watch. And I think I think you're going to lose that. You're going to go on a bye. Then you'll come out, and then you'll beat the Vikings. I think you beat the Broncos. Unless they have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, no. Uh, uh, yeah, I think. But I'm not putting him there. Rich, we <laughs> are right I, on and then, Hold on a second. And then I have you beating the Falcons. Yeah. Okay. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and two. Then I have you losing to the Chiefs. Then okay. I have you uh, beating the Raiders. So that's now eight and three. I have you eight and four after losing to the Saints. I have you eight and five after losing to the Washington football team. And then I have you um, beating the Giants again. I think you're going to sweep them. I don't know. Um, the Giants I'm concerned about this year. What what is that record now? What have we got now? That's one, three. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, and one, two, three, five, four, five, nine, and five. Nine and five. I have you um, uh, losing to the Washington football team because I think you're going to lose a division. Nine and six. I have you uh, beating the Philadelphia Eagles. Ten and six. And then I have you uh, beating the Arizona Cardinals. And then I have you um, losing the Philadelphia Eagles. I got you ten and seven. So we're one game off. We're one game off. So why am I because ridiculous? Because you because the, your wins and losses. You're just saying I I know we're going to lose one, so I'm going to give it here. Like, but we came up with the same yeah, record but, almost. But we Rich. got to the, we <laughs> got to the we got there differently. It's like a math problem, TJ. Oh my gosh. It's like in high school. Show your work. Well, I got the right answer. Yeah, but how'd you get there, Chris? We had one game different. I know, but it was the games that you had different that are the thing is why is because it's improbable that we could beat the New England Patriots. Let's just at least let's just at least come to this conclusion. I'm not Cowboys start nothing. no the Cowboys start house of fire. <laughs> they start hot, and then they second half hot. of the season we wonder if they're the real deal. I think they get in the playoffs as a wild card. I think Washington football team wins the division, and that's all plausible and you know very reasonable yes. as an outsider to look at that and say, yeah, I would expect the Cowboys to make the playoffs. Do I expect you to go twelve and five? Nah, not really. I said eleven and six, though. He said ten and seven. That's yeah, right. but then in the commercial break, you're like, I'm going to come back and say we're going well, thirteen course, and four. Well, if we're going to talk, if we're going to bring the light to things we say during the commercial break, <laughs> do we want to start doing that now? Because I don't think anyone wants that. <laughs> nope, definitely not. <laughs> okay, definitely then. Not. So chill. Tune in to our OnlyFans. Here we go, everybody. I have I, <laughs> I, 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 Patreon. I have heard this soundbite is straight fire. It's very honest. It's Don Mattingly, Mattingly. Donald Arthur Mattingly, a man, a man, here's a man man. whose incredible Yankee career, and it was, and I understand, like, if the guy had made World Series, I think we'd be talking about him in the the Hall of Fame. fame, Okay. This guy is one of the greatest hitters I've ever seen. Facts. He was not swinging for the fences. The guy hardly ever struck out, too. Contact, he would hit for power, too. I, I I think he hit for power just because he knew he could sometimes. Or sometimes the situation called for it. Like, that's how great of a hitter Donald Arthur was. So now here we are into a season in which we've seen six no-hitters already. Spin rates and exit velocities and shifts and all the crap that we're now hearing is on the baseball. And this is Mattingly had to say on the the subject matter of the rash of no-hitters. Oh, absolutely. If a guy throws a no-no, it's great for us. Yeah. I'm just looking at – I'm talking about it more in the – you asked me about it. I thought about him. Yeah, he's no hitters. I think in general, in the game, I think that's really more of the talk is that, you know, where where does this get better? Because it's great for your team when a guy throws a no no. It's great for that guy. It's a great accomplishment, right? Mm-hmm. But when there's so many so early, you know, strikeouts are at a all time high, things like that. So it tells you that there are some issues within the game that that need to be addressed, and they they're they're going to take a while. Because it, this started 15, 16 years ago with, uh, you know, the swing changes and the philosophy changes uh, with all the, you know, the analytics of the three-run homer and all that stuff. And 
so it, it's it's been coming and it's been building and now we're at a point where it's i think it's getting so much more attention because it's just a game that uh sometimes is unwatchable you know you see guys you talk to and they don't, they don't even like watching games because there's nothing that goes on in them sometimes the plain english somebody from the great state of indiana like donald arthur mattingly it's unwatchable because not a lot goes on in it. He's right. That's a fact. A quarter of the at-bats almost, 24%, end in a strikeout. Foul ball, ball. Foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, ball. Swing and a miss. All right, that was two and a half minutes of my time. <laughs> Next up, 100 mile an hour, 100 mile an hour. That was a strike. No, it was a ball. Well, that's a hitter's count now. Foul ball, foul ball, ball. Ball, foul off, foul off. Guys battling, swinging a miss. Now, that was three minutes. 100 mile an hour, 100 mile an hour, 0 and 2. Ball, he's scuffling. Ball, he's battled back. It's 2 and 2. Ball, 3 and 2. Ah, contact. Takes the 3 and 2 pitch, base hit. Nope. There's the third baseman in short right field. Three up, three down. Oh, it was 10 minutes. Here comes another guy, 100 mile an hour. I mean, how far off am I? I watch a ton of baseball. Me too. Because I love it. <laughs> Same. I love it. I'm trying to teach my kids to love it. But that's basically what we're seeing. 100 mile an hour is popped up. Okay, that's one out. 100 miles an hour, taken deep to right field. That ball is gone. Solo shot, one nothing. Three-minute innings later. Still one nothing here. Solo homers, strikeouts, shift outs, spin rate outs, exit velocity. What a home run that was. 2 nothing. another solo shot. Nobody's on base because that guy, guy before you hit in the shift, guy before that struck out. Like, that's literally what we're seeing baseball is becoming right now. And Don Mattingly is saying it's kind of unwatchable. What do you do? Here's what you do. Because, again, I'm not one of those people who bitches about it and won't come up with some sort of a solution. Get rid of the shift. I'm sorry. Get rid of the shift. You want to play in the outfield from second base? You can't go further back from a line that you delineate three to five feet. Your second baseman, your first baseman in the lineup card, you got to be on the right side of second base. Your shortstop, your third baseman on the lineup card, you got to be on the left side of second base. That's it. Can't go into deep center. Can't go into deep right. Can't go from the left side of the field to the right side. Can't. Sorry. And then get rid of whatever crap the pitchers are allowed to put on the baseball. Home plate umpires, you feel that ball and you feel like your fingers can't come off it? Stop play. Walk to the mound. Make the guy take off his cap. That's it. Empty your pockets. Like you're going through security. You're now the TSA of MLB. <laughs> Umps. That's the way it's got to go until we cut this garbage. <laughs> Can't wait for the weekend, everybody. Hey. Hey. Big hey plans? It's the weekend. Hey. Big plans? I don't know what I'm doing. Phil, we're watching Phil we're watching all weekend. Phil. Okay. And then we'll watch Yankee baseball against the White Sox. Yeah. Hey, Yanks go against Carlos Rodon, who had one of those six no-hitters. Great story until five more guys threw one. Red Sox-Phillies this weekend. That'll be great. Happy birthday, Thanks to Biggie. Pete Carroll, Darius Miles, and Paul Rabel. And all the crazy-ass Cowboy fans like <laughs> T.J. Jefferson.